Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Sleep Cues. It's Q&A Tuesday, so that means we're delving into my inbox and my DM box and my Facebook messages, pulling out some of the top questions that I've gotten in the last week on baby sleep, on toddler sleep, preschoolers, you name it, we're going to get into it. So hopefully this will help out a lot of you who are going through some similar things that these parents who have messaged me are going through with their little ones, naps and night times. So the first one is about a two-year-old. says, hey there, I'm looking for some info on nap strikes. My daughter is two years and three months old, and about three to four times per week, she refuses her nap. What do I do? So nap strike, this mom has already obviously done some reading because she's using the terminology nap strike, and that's what I would call it too, and it really is a strike. Usually when your child is only around two years of age, it is not a situation where the child is done napping, is ready to be finished with their nap altogether. It's a strike. It's a period. It's a pause. And the child still needs a nap, but she's being a toddler. She's being a two-year-old and she is testing boundaries and resisting just about every word that comes out of your mouth as a parent. That's what happens when our children turn two very often. So they may take a bit of a pause in napping where they're testing those boundaries and trying to decide if maybe they just don't have to nap anymore if they resist that nap strongly enough. But I really do recommend that you persevere and you keep working on the nap if your child is only around two years of age as this child is because they are going to be very overtired by bedtime if they don't have a nap, and that is usually going to result in nighttime wake-ups, early morning wake-ups, really difficult bedtimes when your child is really overtired at bedtime. So for a young toddler like this, we do want to keep working on that nap. So what is a nap strike? Again, it's what we refer to when a child who was previously napping well suddenly fights nap time. This most commonly occurs when a child is getting close to the age where they are going to drop a nap, which is usually between about three and four years of age, but sometimes happens sooner, like in the case of this little one, around two years of age. So often when our little one goes on a nap strike, he makes his parents think that he's ready to drop his nap before he actually is. So don't be fooled, moms and dads. It's very likely that your child still needs that nap. But again, they're going through something developmentally and it's just a matter of time and patience and consistency before that midday snooze gets back on track. So here are some tips for managing that nap strike. First of all, do not panic and don't immediately make 100 changes. It's really you know, in our nature as parents to think, I got to fix this. As soon as one little thing goes wrong or goes differently with our child's sleep, we immediately think we need to change something. But a lot of times what we really need is consistency. It's the opposite of change. It's we need to keep doing what we've always done to help our child understand that the sleep situation has not changed, even though developmentally our child is changing quite a bit. We know that they still need the same sleep situation that they've always had in many cases. So nap strikes are common. If your child's under three years old, and definitely if they're under two and a half years old, like the child in this situation with this mom who's asking this question, your child most certainly still needs a nap. But your child is, for one or more reasons, currently refusing to fall asleep. 
Keep offering the nap and be patient and consistent with how you would normally manage any protest at nap time and the nap strike should pass. So patience and consistency is going to be key. Next thing I will say is that we really want to examine your child's schedule. So this is where we may need to make some tweaks or changes. Is your little one sleeping when he should be during the day? And is he getting enough sleep and enough awake time? If he isn't sleeping at the right times during the day or getting enough sleep at night, then either undertiredness or overtiredness could be causing difficulties with naps. So this child is getting close to two and a half years of age. And if a child is just transitioning to one nap around like 18 months or so, I would say that a nap time of about 12 p.m. is a great idea. It's right in the middle of the day. It's not so late that your child is getting overtired before their nap. So for a young toddler like that, a 12 o'clock nap might be great. But in this case, this child is almost two and a half. So one suggestion that I would have is to look at your child's schedule. And if this child is still going down for their nap around 11 45 12 o'clock that child might not have enough sleep pressure by the time our children get closer to about two and a half to three years of age they do still need a nap but often that nap happens needs to happen closer to about 12 30 or one o'clock in the afternoon i would not do a nap for any child later than 1 p.m because we don't want to really throw the day off and make it very imbalanced but A two and a half year old may need a nap time of more like 1230 or one. So if your almost two and a half year old in this case is going down for their nap at say more like noon, they might not be tired enough yet. They might be undertired. Conversely, if you're trying to put your child down at 132 o'clock in the afternoon for a nap, they might be overtired and wired, and that's why they're refusing to fall asleep. So really look at your child's schedule to ensure that for their age, their nap timing makes sense. And lastly, consider whether this truly is a brief strike or if your child is ready to drop a nap. In this case, in this specific question, this child is two years, three months of age. I am very confident in saying this child still needs a nap. It would be extremely rare that a child under two and a half does not need a nap. And it's usually more like three years of age to four years of age that a child's really ready to go without a nap. So that's the case for this child, but that is something that I will say in general with nap strikes, we do need to look at whether maybe it's not a strike and maybe your child is ready to drop their nap altogether. That would be if a child was closer to three to four years of age, if they have been constantly resisting their naps on almost a daily basis for at least a couple of weeks, and if they don't seem incredibly tired by bedtime by like 6, 7 p.m., even when they've missed their nap. Those would be some good signs that maybe this isn't a strike, maybe this child is actually ready to go without a nap, so that's something you can think of as well. But again, as a very first step, don't panic and drop the nap right away after only a few days of striking. This too shall very likely pass. Let's move on to the next question. It's about reflux. My four-month-old has pretty severe reflux. Should we hold off on sleep coaching? Short answer, yes, you should hold off on sleep coaching. There are very few situations where a family comes to me and I say, we shouldn't work together. You shouldn't do sleep coaching yet. When a child has severe reflux that has not been resolved or managed just yet, that is one of the situations where I say, we should hold off. You need to wait and look at sleep coaching when the reflux has resolved. How does reflux resolve? Usually either with time and development or medication. So if a family comes to me and says that their child has pretty severe reflux, but you've been to the doctor and the doctor has recommended medication, great. 
If the child has only been on that medication for a week or so, I would still say let's give it a month or so to make sure the medication is the right dosage for your child and you don't need to maybe go back to your doctor and look at a different dosage. Let's make sure it's really working and resolving that reflux and resolving any pain that is associated associated with reflux for your child. Um, so that's the case with medication. If a family comes to me, like I said, and says, my child has reflux, but he's been on medication for a couple of months. And we all agree, us and our doctor, that it's working and our child doesn't seem in any kind of pain due to his reflux anymore, then that's great. And that's a case where you could look at starting sleep coaching. Conversely, if a family says our child has pretty severe reflux, he's on medication, it doesn't seem to be working yet, what should we do? I will say you probably want to give it some more time. In this case, the child is four months. Very often reflux begins to resolve more with time and by about the six month mark when your child's digestive system is much more developed than it was as a newborn or around the four month mark. So it very is likely going to be the case that your child's reflux is going to resolve even just on its own closer to that six month mark. So if you're finding that your child still has some pretty severe issues with pain due to reflux and it hasn't been resolved with age and development just yet, or you haven't found the right medication or spoken with your doctor about it, those are things you want to keep in mind before you start sleep coaching. Why? We can't be sleep coaching a child who's in literal physical pain. You know, your baby's going to be upset during sleep coaching. I always talk to my families about that. We have to be realistic and know that when we are sleep coaching, your baby's going through a change and he's likely going to protest that change. And that protest is going to sound like tears and yelling. So we have to be prepared for that. We want to have a plan where you can reassure your child, have him hear your voice, feel your touch, be picked up for a hug if he needs a hug. Those are all part of our sleep coaching strategies with families. But if your child is in actual pain that we can't resolve because he's got reflux and you just need to be holding your baby in your arms for a nap because that's the only thing that seems to resolve his pain due to his reflux right now, then we can't really sleep coach in that situation. So we really want to make sure that the reflux is resolved so that any sleep coaching strategy you put in place is actually going to be effective and help you out and get you all great sleep by the end of it. All right, quick pause, because what is more important to talk about when it comes to sleep than what we actually sleep on? I want to tell you about my very favorite mattress brand, Obison. Whether we're talking mom and dad, kiddo, or baby, Obison is my go-to for comfort when it comes to your family's sleep surface. You wouldn't want your family to sleep on anything less than the very best, and that starts with the best materials in the world. Obison's mattresses are handcrafted in Canada, and their materials are organic, ethically sourced, and chemical-free. Babies' body temperatures tend to fluctuate while they sleep. Obison's mattresses are breathable and moisture-wicking to help regulate baby's temperature levels throughout the night. And comfort knows no age, so Obison's organic 6-inch mattress for kids also features evolving support as your children grow and grow and grow. My own little girl sleeps on an Obison mattress, and it is a dream. And when it comes to custom sleep, Obison is all in. That's why in addition to mattresses, they also offer you five distinct pillows with unique designs and different fillings that serve every sleeping style and meet both your toddler's needs and your own as grown-ups. We want your kids sleeping great. Use code HAPPYSLEEP at checkout and receive a free wool moisture pad when you purchase a crib mattress. Head to obison.com and obison.ca and get great sleep started. The next question that I pulled out was this. Is four hours too much awake time for my nine-month-old before bed? 
We're getting early wakes and I'm wondering if that's why. And mama who sent this to me, you hit the nail right on the head. I would suggest that you're probably getting early wake-ups because your child has too much awake time before bed. So generally a nine-month-old cannot handle more than about three hours of awake time before bedtime without being overtired. So I really would look at that and try to adjust your schedule so he doesn't generally have more than about three hours of awake time before bedtime because very often too much awake time before bed overtiredness results in early morning wake-ups. It sounds like it doesn't make any sense because why wouldn't your child sleep later if they're super, super tired overnight? But the problem is their bodies just have a tough time getting in and staying in a nice, deep, restful sleep if they have too much awake time and they're already overtired when we put our baby down for the night. And it's not any different for grown-ups. If you really think about it, in the times when you're super exhausted and overtired, and you go to bed late and you think you're just going to pass out, you often end up tossing and turning and having a more difficult night of sleep in that case because your body can't get in and stay in a nice, deep, restful sleep. So yes, in this case, I would say for a nine-month-old, you want to be focusing more on three hours of awake time before bed. I will say I would never put any baby to bed earlier than 6 p.m., so you may have to factor that into whatever the rest of your baby's schedule is to try to make sure We're not doing bedtime before 6 p.m., but we are also not doing more than about three hours of awake time before bed. We have a couple of blogs that really focus on awake times and when to increase your baby's awake time. So you can check out the happysleepcompany.com. One blog in particular is called When to Increase Your Baby's Awake Time. And so that actually gives you a guide based on your baby's age of what their awake times should probably be. So you can check out the blog and that will help you out with determining how many hours of awake time your baby can have before they're going to be overtired. The next question I got was this. Hi again, Erin. Oh, I guess this mom must have chatted with me before over Instagram. My son just turned 13 months old. For the past month or longer, we have been struggling with our second nap of the day. He fights it and I normally leave him in his bed for about 45 minutes to an hour before I just give up and we do an early bedtime instead. Is it time to transition to one nap per day? Probably not. It's probably not quite time yet, even though your child is resisting his second nap. It is extremely common that I get questions from parents about whether it's time to transition to one nap because their child is resisting their second nap of the day. But it's also extremely common that after I do some digging around with this parent, I find out their child is only about 11, 12, 13 months of age, and they will nap for a couple of hours in the morning, but then resist their afternoon nap. So the parent's automatic assumption is that the child is ready for just one nap per day, but it's probably not the case. What your child probably needs is a slightly different schedule to put more sleep pressure on his second nap of the day. So let me break that down a little bit. An eight-month-old can probably take a two-hour nap in the morning and still be tired enough for a good one to two-hour nap in the afternoon as well. But by the time your child is 13 months of age, a two-hour nap in the morning means he's had almost all the sleep he needs in a day already. So if he already has all that sleep first thing in the morning, he's going to resist going down for a nap in the afternoon because he just doesn't need as much sleep at that point. However, a 13-month-old also generally can't handle many, many hours of awake time to get to his first nap and many, many hours of awake time to get to bedtime with just that one nap per day. That's why we still split the day into two naps for a 13-month-old because if you try to put a child that age on just one midday nap, he's going to be super overtired by the time 
12 p.m. rolls around and he's going to be super overtired by the time his bedtime rolls around because he had too much awake time leading up to each. So instead, I would cut the first nap of the day down a little bit. My guess is that this child probably has a long nap in the morning and then resists his nap in the afternoon. For a 13-month-old, I would often cap the morning nap at about an hour. That way your child has an age-appropriate amount of awake time. They can still have just a few hours of awake time leading up to their first nap. We cut it off in an hour so he gets some morning rest. But then in the afternoon, he's still tired enough for his second nap and he'll still take it. And then he can have another few hours of awake time before bed at night so he's not overtired leading up to bedtime. So again, if that same 13-month-old woke up at 6.30 in the morning and had to go all the way to 12 o'clock right after lunchtime for his nap, he's probably going to be overtired for that nap. And then if he wakes up around 2 and has to go all the way to 7 p.m. for his bedtime, he's going to be overtired for bedtime because his body just can't handle that much awake time yet. So that's why I wouldn't recommend this child go to one nap a day. I would recommend that his schedule get a little bit tweaked. Maybe his first nap of the day get cut a little shorter so he's actually tired enough to take that second nap. We have loads of information on awake times and sample scheduling for 11 to 18 month olds because it can be a really tricky time for some babies and for some parents to figure out what's just right and how we tweak the schedule to maintain that two nap day at that point until your baby is more like 16 to 18 months of age and they're really ready to go on just one nap per day. So you can check out the happysleepcompany.com and check out our sleep guides section and you'll see that 11 to 18 month guide, the details on that. And you can see if that's something that might help you out as well in terms of more information and specifics on scheduling and awake times for that age. And finally, I'm going to talk about this last question. Do I follow wake times or have a set bedtime for my two-year-old? Great question. When a child drops to one nap per day, that is pretty much when I stop looking at specific awake times, and I start looking more at the time on the clock. And I let a child have more of a regular, similar daytime schedule each day. There's two reasons for this. One, now your child only has one nap a day. There's only one variable in the day, so the days already look fairly similar. Much more so than in the case of, say, a four-month-old who needs four or five naps in a day, so every day looks so different for that baby. So we really have to look more at awake times than giving a four-month-old, a static, exact same bedtime every night. For a two-year-old, that child just has one nap in a day. Every day already looks fairly similar in terms of approximately what time they wake up, the time you put them down for their nap, and then what time you can put them to bed. So because there are fewer variables at this point, just that one nap in the day, we can go with more of a static schedule. And the other thing is that a two-year-old is a little more resilient than a four-month-old in terms of how much they can handle some differences in their schedule each day. So if one day your two-year-old wakes up at 6.30 a.m. and the next day your two-year-old wakes up at 7 a.m., you can still put him down around noon for his nap and it won't make a massive difference to his body clock. For a four-month-old, a half an hour makes a huge difference. A half an hour more awake time than they really can handle, can really throw off their nap, can really make them cranky and overtired if you keep a four-month-old up for half an hour more than they should have been kept up. But for a two-year-old, they're a little more resilient and a half an hour here or there isn't going to make a massive difference to their schedule. So again, like I said, 
One day they wake up at 6.30, the next day they wake up at 7. You don't really have to shift their nap around. They can still make it to noon and their body clock is able to say, okay, good stuff. This is when I normally wind down and go to sleep. I can do that now. And then the same thing for their bedtime. If one day their nap is two hours long and the next day their nap is two hours and 20 minutes long, they could still go to bed around 7, 7 7.15 and be fine with that. Neither really undertired nor really overtired because it's just 20 minutes difference from the day before and their body clocks can handle that difference with more resiliency than an infant, for example. So toddlers can really handle a little more adjusting in their awake times than an infant, which is why we don't really need to worry about awake times and we can just give a pretty static nap time each day and a pretty static bedtime each night for a two-year-old. So I hope that was helpful. That's a wrap up of the top five questions from my inbox for the week. And I hope everybody has a great week. We'll see you next week on Sleep Cues. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.